Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with Taylor from Life Goal Investments. How you doing, bud? Doing great, doing great. Excited to be here as always. Yeah, well, we've started earning season, and other than Pepsi, which really comes out early for some reason, we've got the big banks, J.P. Morgan, City, Wells Fargo, Bank of America this morning, Fifth PNC, Third, yeah, PNC, oh. yeah, and then we got yep. Goldman tomorrow, I think. Uh, what were your takeaways from the big banks? Because uh, I have one that might be surprising, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, yeah, I think it was interesting. I think you're seeing some some kind of tough numbers out of these big banks. What you have is earnings are down year over year at thirteen percent on average right now, which is pretty massive, obviously. And what you have is a couple things driving that. One are just, and you've spoken to this in the past, loan provisions. Them saying, okay, we're not going to hit as much, not, not as much money is going to hit the bottom line because we need to hold on to that on the side in case there are loans that we have outstanding to companies and the economy starts to falter. They can't pay back their debts. We need to set aside basically a oh bucket of money. And that's what that is. That's going to sit there. And so a lot of it has to do with loan provisions and then investment banking, which is essentially just looking through the lens of like, Hey, is there any merger and acquisition activity out there is literally just non-existent. It is dried up. It has gone away. And that's been the entire year. But when you look at this quarter against a year ago, obviously that's inclusive. If you look back to 2000, 2011, when you look at the third quarter, there were mergers and acquisitions happening essentially on a daily basis. And there was a lot of money being made in investment banking when they aligned those two sides, bring in the lawyers, charge all these fees to get that to go through. That's huge revenue sources for a Morgan Stanley specifically. And you saw obviously their earnings get hurt because of that. But it's uh, it, it, it it's gonna be interesting. I mean, we saw a massive movement downwards in earnings on financials. And we'll see how this continues to spill over into the uh, kind of the broader sectors as we continue to move through earnings seasons here. Yeah, when I look at just the four big banks, the the four that I've calculated, so it would be Bank of America, City, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan. They're yep. almost at three billion dollars of loan loss reserves. Yep. Um, so there's a chance we get Goldman tomorrow. If you add in PNC, Fifth Third, all these others, we could be over five billion dollars in oh shit money put to the side. Yep. And if this is like the last crisis of 2020, this is just the first time, right? We, we could expect loan loss right. reserves to be even bigger next quarter. So pretty, and, pretty- and there's, I just saw a graph too. There's a direct inverse relationship. So as you see loan losses go up like this, you see bank earnings go like this. And naturally they're, they're taking money away yeah. from their bottom line to save it on the side. And the thing about this time versus 2020 is that this loan loss isn't gonna, isn't gonna reverse itself so quickly like it did in 2020. In 2020, it was very obvious. And maybe this is a little bit 
overstated in hindsight. It was very obvious that the market was going to recover when the Fed jumped in and just flooded it with liquidity. And you had, you know, the market prices pop immediately. That's not the case that we're in right now. We're in more of this like slow, steady, grinded out. Monetary policy is not going to fix this recession. In fact, it's causing this recession, right? Yeah, and and, and, and it, now, I'm not saying they're making mistakes, although we could argue that or not, but it is causing the recession. Video like, number is, three, that'll, that'll be video three. So we'll leave that there, one. There you go, whether they're causing this or not. You know, this is a, a monetary policy, partially a monetary policy induced recession. It is what it is. So in those types of markets, you don't have the other side of it, which is 2020, where the market was getting flooded with liquidity and therefore the problems righted themselves quickly and they didn't have to have these loan loss provisions. That's not going to change moving forward. Yeah. And then the other thing that I saw in the bank earnings, I've only looked at the big four. I haven't looked at any of the others is where they're making their money. And um, kind of to your point about Morgan Stanley, right? I, again, my simple outside looking in over the last couple of years, banks have really made their money in active ways, right? Acquisitions, you know, yep. debt offerings, yep. things of that nature. Yep. Yep. Now they're making the money just living their cash sit there. I mean, that's it. That's it. Uh, it's J- JP Morgan. Business. Yeah. JP Morgan made, you know, what is it? What do they call it? Net interest margin, something like Net that. Interest margin. Yep. Exactly. Right. Uh, essentially what have, they're looking at there. Yeah. Essentially what they're looking at there is just what they're paying you on your debt or I'm sorry, on your assets that sit on their books. So you have a bank account, you let money sit there and they pay you 0.01. And then on the other end, they can lend it out or they can put it in treasury bills that get them 4% at this point. So that 4% spread essentially or three and a half plus percent spread is what that's how they're making their money. Yeah. JP Morgan made, uh, again, they're sitting on a billion two. Oh no, I'm sorry. A trillion two. 1.2. It's a trillion. It's not a B it's a T trillion dollars in cash. They're just letting it roll over in the in the whatever they call the money market or overnight rate or whatever the hell it is. And I read a, a really good article on this that says, listen, that's not that the, the net interest margin is going to stay there because they're not going to pay you more on that bank account deposit that you place because you're just going to let it sit there. So what yeah, there needs exactly. to be is competition in the market. So you need to go find an online bank, which there are some that are yielding significantly more, 75 basis points, 100 basis points on your assets that are sitting there. But if if you know everyone out there is just, I shouldn't put it this way, but if everyone's just going to be lazy and let it sit at that institution that pays them 0.01, what is the incentive for them to raise that rate? This is capitalism at its finest. They're not going to go ahead and give away interest off their balance sheet to you because they feel good about that. This is how they're making their money right now. And clearly they're failing in other categories. So they need to make this money. Yeah. And where, where this is going to go, in my opinion, is um, there's going to be some pretty significant job cuts on wall street. Cause again, it does not take as many people to let money just sit there and earn interest. Uh, yep. So I think, I think wall street's in for, for some, uh, some haircuts. Over the next six months, what do you think? Well, it doesn't take that that many people to, to roll the cart into the vault, drop it off, and then come back sit and grab there? more money and roll it into no. the vault. <laughs> no, not not a lot more people, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you, listen, we saw the layoffs start in tech, and tech is an, an easy bellwether for the rest of the economy. The reason why tech is such a bellwether for the rest of the economy is because tech is the way, and I guess I should be saying com- consumer services or consumer yeah. communication services. That's what they're calling. It. Sorry, that's the sector. Um, and that's your that's your Facebook or Meta's, that's your Instagram, that's all bundled into Snap one. Snap and all that. Yeah. Snap. Yes, thank you. I was struggling there. Um, but the reason that that is such a bellwether is because what's the easiest way to market these days? It's that. It's digital marketing that way. And that is literally a light switch. 
If you want to turn off your digital marketing, it's not like you have 500 people that are a sales force out marketing to people and you have to pay their salaries, their benefits, their living costs, et cetera. That's not it at all. Digital marketing is you flip the switch and you tell them, hey, we don't want to spend any more money. Boom, it's done. And that's yeah. why you see that bellwether roll through into the economy more quickly than you do when it takes actual layoffs. And, and I agree with you. They're coming. So let's talk about Goldman Sachs. We're recording this on Monday. They report on Tuesday. I'm seeing articles talk about Goldman Sachs kind of uh, restructuring, right? They tried yeah. to go into, uh, they tried to go down, kind of reach down. They've always been creme de la creme kind of. They tried to get a consumer yep. business. It sounds like that did not work out well. Um, I might be reading too much into this, but hey, it's one guy's opinion. I think we're going to see a big restructuring number tomorrow. Right. Not only will they have loan loss reserves, but they're going to say, hey, we're going to take a half a million dollar reserve because we're consolidating this consolidate. They're basically going to have a kitchen sink quarter. Numbers are going to be horrible, but they're going to really set themselves up for the next year or so. Am I am I overthinking it? Hey, just answer this, too, for me, would you? Sure. Do restructurings usually happen during good times or bad times? Uh <laughs> You know, like, uh, let's think hard on this one. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And I, and I think that, I think that you're right. They can fall back on this restructuring and it costing a lot of money, quote unquote, whatever they want to call it. And to your yeah. kitchen sink comment, which I thought was a different comment last week, whatever. Um, but it's, it, it, it all kind of winds into the same thing. Like take all of the bad, all news, the medicine forward, yeah. bang, give it to the market. And then they'll digest it. You'll get whacked over the head. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And again, when people start talking about restructuring, that isn't something that gives you the warm fuzzies. <laughs> no, no that, does, that should not. No. So that's, that's what I think is coming tomorrow. Again, I think it's just set up for, you know, he, you know, here's a billion dollar loan loss reserve. Here's 700 million in restructuring. We're going to whack 12. I mean, whatever it is. Right. Yep. But they're going to take all the bad news. Everything that's ugly and is hidden on Goldman Sachs's balance sheet will just be banged into one quarter. So the next couple of years is, is easier to get over the, the numbers. So that's what I think is coming. But who knows? I, I think you're 100% right. I think that con consultants and things like that right now are having conversations with people on where we can cut costs. Where can we trim fat along the edges? And that's going to continue to be the case probably moving forward here now for six or 12 months, whatever it is. Yeah. So for example, what would be an example of a kitchen? I don't know what Goldman, Goldman Sachs probably bought a company in the last couple of years. Usually what happens is that company goes on the balance sheet, you know, it's goodwill or whatever it is. And they're going to be like, well, suddenly we wrote that thing off and it's now not worth a billion. It's worth zero and bam, hits our, hits our income statement, a billion dollar loss. It's just, yep. it could be, and, it could be an ugly report. We figured out some efficiencies between us and that company too. And therefore two thirds of the people that we brought on from their company, they're gone. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I laugh. Like I, that's not laughing. That's the reality of what we're facing right now, unfortunately. And, and you know what, like, this is what the fed's trying to do. The fed is trying to drive unemployment. They're trying to get things right. to a point where people can't afford to employ everybody. And therefore there's less people getting paid and less people spending money in the economy. And you want to take this one step further again, total, just, wild ass guess goldman sachs will be first but you will see the other four big banks that report copy them next quarter wouldn't shock me in the slide to your point they don't need to pay people to sit there and not have mergers and acquisitions take place that's that's not how this game works and and it's funny like what they have to do is they have to have them sit there for a period of time and wait on the economy and go okay is it going to change 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 oh shit it, it it didn't change it didn't change whack them go they have yeah. their they have their firing orders, marching orders probably in line, and now they're just going to actually execute on it. Yep. Yep.
This is going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to what you're putting out on your Instagram page. What is the Instagram page? Yeah, thanks so much. It's at Life Goal Investments. So at Life Goal Investments, plural. Do me do yourself a favor, follow it. He puts out really complex things in very digestible form. So it's really well. I don't know if that's you or your partner or who's doing it, but it's really well done. It's a combination thereof. I'll give you a hint, and this is what's going to come out today. It's going to talk about national debt, the U.S. national debt level, and how much it is or is not an issue. So a little $31 trillion. There. there you go. It's a little tease. <laughs> Thanks, buddy.